Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at your DIY. Did I get that? No. Yeah, that's right. You can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And there's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, you can just hit the contact me button. It gives you the option to send an email or call and leave a message. Either way, we'll get back to with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. While you're there, make sure you hit the radio shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. And there's uh, close to 600 shows there now. They're all annotated as what we talked about, and they're shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do, and just have fun with it. And then scroll down a little further, you'll see the information on the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the chat room. And uh, it's all there for your use. You don't pay for anything except the products, and that supports your health and the show, so it's a win-win. And uh, we encourage you to take advantage of things. If you have any questions, like I always say, hit the contact me button and we will do what we can to help you out. All righty then. Uh, let's see here. Tomorrow's going to be a busy day, as usual. Thursdays are always big because I have two shows on Thursday, both uh, two hours long. And uh, uh, we'll have fun with that. First one, as you can see on the website, is at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, on uh, TFR, Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, then an hour after that one's over, we'll be over here for two hours from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on Eurofolk. So, yeah, it's busy day. Um, we'll have Mike Gaddy with us tomorrow here, as usual, talking about the Constitution and uh, the Bill of Rights and who knows what else, the Founding Fathers. Um, always a good uh, educational time. You'll learn stuff here that you never learned in history class in school, I guarantee. No doubt about it. Uh, just amazing, amazing time. And uh, just wanted to start out uh, talking about Dr. Peter McCullough, who's a uh, um, medical uh, professor. He's a cardiologist down in uh, Texas. And uh, he, according to his latest research, and uh, he drops a bomb saying whistleblowers inside the CDC claim injections have already killed 50,000 Americans. And that just goes along. I honestly believe that the number is far higher than that. Um, I'm betting in the hundreds of thousands. Um, but 
you know, 50 is still a whole lot more than the nine that the uh, VAERS system is alluding to. And again, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I played a video of a guy or a company or group who had um, tracked down information showing that uh, the CDC has been caught erasing over 150,000 cases of death by injection uh, since the uh, uh, thing started back in, well, late, mid to late December. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I firmly believe they are not uh, giving us the actual figures. And it's far more, when, especially when you consider that uh, the disease itself, whatever it is, only killed about 30,000 people in this country. Um, they claim over 600, but those are all fudged numbers where virtually everybody who died in the last year and a half died from COVID, according to their numbers. And uh, according to the CDC, only about 5% of that number actually died from COVID. Uh, which breaks down to about 30,000 Americans, or about half what you normally get from a seasonal flu. So, um, you know, the whole thing is just a big farce, uh, hoax, and uh, it was all designed to get rid of Trump and destroy the economy and basically bring the world into a position where they're willing to accept socialist world dictatorship. So before I get into that, uh, Robert's called in. I want to see if he's got any questions or comments. Uh, go ahead, Robert. What's up, buddy? Good morning. Not too much. Uh, did you do your daily nine rebuys today? <laughs> um, no, I haven't yet. I uh, was tied up doing some other things. I'll have to do them after the show. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. did. Uh, I did a little more digging yesterday, and apparently, mm. you have to apply for the digital card, um, and it costs twenty-five bucks, I think, which I did last night. So hopefully, by today, I should be able to. Um, take some of my uh, uh, stuff that I normally would do a rebuy with and roll it over onto this card to play around with it. And I think uh -huh. what I'm going to do, since I've got seven accounts, my big one that's paying the most, I'm going to keep that one going and just draw off a little bit from my smaller ones whenever, you know, and like I said, I do two, uh, th three, uh, between two and three of those a day. So mm -hmm. between 50 and 150, uh, a day I can pull off and put on this card to play with if I want. And um, I think that might be kind of fun to experiment with. And I can just, you know, anything I do online, I can uh, use that one to pay for it. So uh, it'll be fun to do a yeah. test run and see how things are so going with that. you've got to pay for the digital one also? Yeah, apparently so. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, but it's still, you know, when you consider the amount of money this thing's cranking out for you, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, that's true. It's nothing for you. Okay, well. And it's it's yeah. outside the regular system, so, uh, you know, it, to yeah. me it's worth it. Uh, but, it is. Yeah, and I was able to use, like I said, I had some, uh, just a little bit of Bitcoin that I had left over that I just stuck in there. And uh, so it was no big deal. I just, you know, converted it to USDT and paid for the stuff and off it went um, where do get, you where do you convert your coin what what site do you use to do that i actually do it within this app on the phone um that's the beauty of it it's the hyperfund app oh, okay and yeah. basically um it has an online and offline wallet uh mm -hmm. so basically use the online one first you transfer from wherever you have your your bitcoin over to the online wallet and then from there you can switch it over to the offline one and within that offline wallet, you can convert from Bitcoin to Tether, um, 
I don't know. I think there's uh, several other options too, but um, I think you could do um, which I call it. Um, what do you call, oh man, uh, Ripple or XDT, XRT. Yeah, XRT. I think it is. Um, that's what uh, Super One pays in. So basically, I had um, about a thousand dollars worth of XRP or T or whatever it is, Ripple, on uh, Super One that I transferred to my other. Uh, one of my other wallets and I can send that over here and use it as well I believe I have to double check on that but I think that's possible mm-hmm. uh, either not either if not I can always convert that into Bitcoin and then send it over and do the same thing so um, but yeah so this uh, you, this app has have, the functionality right inside it to do the transfers right there and they're just about instant it took about three or four minutes from the time I pushed the button until it says it's done you can use it which is cool. pretty cool and uh, I'm really liking this app. <laughs> I just so wish they had a an online uh, or a uh, computer-based version of it. Uh, I would imagine down the road they will. They may now, and I just haven't found it yet. I don't know. But uh, I prefer doing things on the computer rather than on my phone just because it's easier to do, it's easier to see, and a keyboard versus typing on those little things on the phone. Yeah, um, yeah, agreed. But, uh, so you you've pushed all your chips to the table, and you you've got all your Bitcoin into Hyperfund, correct? No, it? not yet. I've still got um, three or four Bitcoins sitting on my Keep Key. Oh, okay. yeah, okay, yeah. So so I've got a little room to play yet. Like I said, I'm not uh, not a fan of all the eggs in one basket. So I may take one more Bitcoin and plug it into this for the time being. But the rest will stay on the keep key where it's safe and where I can use it in case of emergency and that kind of thing. So by December, you'll be getting fifteen hundred, two thousand a day, if not more. Um, that's the, at the end of the twenty months. So let me uh, let me see where we'll be in December. Um, you're, you're get my trusty calculator that. out here. Thirty nine. And when did I do that? I think it was, I think it was June 8th or June, no, it was May 14th. Yeah, you've been Uh, in two months. uh, So there, uh, where will we be in December of 2021? Got to scroll back a little ways. Whoops, went too far. Um, (laughs) December 1st. Well, let's just say t- December 14th. Um, at that point, I'll be getting 563 HU per day on average. I'll be able to um, be rebuying at 550. And at that point, the actual payout will have been 254,351.5 HU. So that's uh, <laughs> off an original buy-in of 39,000. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's that's within a year, and uh, I think if I remember right on the um, video the other day that he was saying if you wait four months before you take anything out, that's mm-hmm. when you're um, up to a really good number, and yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically I'd be getting 400 HU rebuys every day there, and have a little bit. Um, Almost to the point where it could start drawing off a little bit there. But, um, hey, you know. (laughs) And not that you need it, but it's there. You know, that's the thing. I I did this as a, you know, as a test. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, you never want to 
investment, you know, and this isn't an investment, but per se, no more than you can afford to lose. And Mm -hmm. uh, I figure, well, I'm going to stick some in here and just see what it'll do. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's going, it's tracking right along with what this calculator is saying. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's going to be well worth it because, like I said, within uh, less than two years, I'll have something that's going to pay me roughly 1300 bucks a day and continue to grow. I um, think so. Yeah. You that can use it at both ends or, or be in the zip code. Yeah. So, you know, all in all, um, I think it'll do the job. And, I, you know, literally without putting anything else into it. You know, I, I can't imagine... Uh, being in a position where I would need more than that kind of, you know, roughly 40 grand a month. Whew. I don't oh, know no, what's that turn out to. That's almost that's, half a million a year. Doable. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this won't have to work anymore, so. Yeah, oh, it wouldn't have to do that, much of anything. Is she going to have to take the jab at her job now? Uh, no. She will okay. not take it. <laughs> okay. I will make her quit before... You know, and I, I think she's at the point now where she knows and has seen enough that she's not about to accept it. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. You know, but, um, yeah, there's actually tomorrow afternoon, I think I mentioned it, there's a, a, a demonstration, I guess you could say, at this local hospital. There's a, you know, there's two major uh, hospital chains in this area, primarily one, two anyway. And um, one of them, the one that she doesn't work at, made the announcement that they're going to start requiring it and there's a mm-hmm. um, uh, one it's it's actually the east version which is about 10 miles south of me is the one that's um doing it but for some reason they're gonna they're gonna have the protest at the south version which is clear at the southern point of uh, columbus and uh, but she and several others uh, from our church who are nurses are going to go down there and a whole bunch more from work and I sent her uh, Peggy Hall's information on the EOC and all that kind of stuff, which we're going to do a little bit more with today. Um, cool. But uh, regardless of what these places are trying to do, it's a violation of federal law, the Nuremberg Code, um, the Constitution. Uh, and the thing is, is these what really gets me, and if, if I was drafting a lawsuit against these people, you know, I would I would put in it's a, a first, fourth, and fifth amendment violation, and the fact that these companies are corporations makes them government entities, and therefore mm-hmm. subject to following the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. And my wife has her applic- her uh, affidavit filed just like you know we did her shortly after I did mine, and uh, she has access to <laughs> the Bill of Rights, and um, you know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Plus, you know, she's got her affidavit, which, you know, if necessary, we'll wave that in front of us. And your crap mm-hmm. doesn't apply here. <laughs> mm-hmm. This well, is a real American, um, yeah. that kind of thing. Citizen. But, uh, yeah, I, I will not allow her to take the thing. And uh, if she does, I've already told her, you know, if you do, you're going to have to figure out where you're going to live when you get done. Because <laughs> you ain't staying here. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I totally get it. You know, she's actually got approved to go to Florida for some kind of uh, medical convention or something in August. And mm-hmm. she's already made her airline reservations. I, I guess she's 
planning on wearing a face diaper. Of course, like I said, she wears one all day at work anyway. Well, uh, it's funny you say that. I think in September they may lift that requirement for the airlines. I think. Don't quote me. Well, Rand Paul has introduced legislation. I haven't gotten a copy of it yet, but he introduced legislation to force them to or make it unlawful for them to require them. Uh, Of course, you know, it's going to be nothing but a, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's an effort in futility basically because it won't pass. You know, the, the other side, you know, they might get one or two Democrats crossover, but they aren't going to get enough to pass it. I don't think. And the house definitely won't pass it. Pelosi won't even allow it to come to the floor. I'm sure. Mm. But you know, the fact is that at least he's making the effort and, um, the thing is that gets me is, you know, DeSantis, you know, and I've said this before, he signed the executive order, and I think they backed it up with legislation now that basically prohibits the cruise lines from requiring uh, either injections or uh, face diapers and all this other junk. Um, I think they need to make sure that that applies to the airlines as well. Um, anybody that's operating out of Florida should be covered by that and forced to uh, comply. Uh, this garbage of, you know, it's okay for one but not the other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not cool. But uh, he he doesn't take my emails, so, you know, what can I say? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's going to, uh, it's going to be interesting. And luckily, you know, for the flight from Columbus to Florida is only a few hours anyway. So um, yeah. I don't know if it's a direct flight or not, but uh, she'll be down there and, you know, that's her choice. You know, I, I personally will not fly ever again until they get adult leadership, you know, until, or at least until the people running things die off from the injections and, you know, somebody smart takes over, uh, whatever the case might be. But, um, you know, I'll, if I can't drive or walk my ride, my bike, I ain't going <laughs> simple as that. And, uh, you know, especially, the only place I want to fly to is Hawaii, and um, that's a 10-hour flight. Uh, there's no way I will wear a face diaper all of that time. Um, no way. I won't even wear one to fly across town. <laughs> Just not going to do it. You know? If for no other, I'm not going to do something that is flat-out stupid, dangerous, you know, and and there's no scientific need for and, you know, the fact that these idiots are pushing this stuff, it just tells me that, you know, uh, something I just don't need to be involved in. But uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, people are got to make their own choices. And um, who knows? But anyway, yeah, Peter McCulloch is saying that uh, 50,000 have already died. And uh, I'm trying to see here. Said these deaths have been facilitated by false narrative bent put bent on pushing the all new unproven vaccine for the disease that was highly treatable, and that's the whole thing here. Um, the The truth is coming out. You know, it's funny. I was watching yesterday um, at uh, what's his head, uh, Dick Durbin, who was uh, yeah. I think I actually played it on Tucker's. It was on his recording I played yesterday where he was claiming that Tucker and Laura Ingram are or Ingraham, (laughs) are uh, pushing uh, dangerous, you know, information. 
um, but never said it was misinformation or, or untrue or anything else, which is interesting. They, they're choosing their words carefully. But I honestly believe that they don't have anywhere near the number of people injected that they claim. Um, because, I mean, their goal was 70% by July 4th with at least one injection, and they claim they were extremely close to that. But the fact that they're pushing all these other things, um, somebody on uh, Roger's show this morning mentioned that uh, uh, this person works at a law firm, and they just introduced a, it's like a $10,000 lottery for anybody who's received the shot. Um, Roger mentioned all the expats down there that he has lunch with, and every single one of them that um, has received the shot has is just looking According to him, he said they look like they've aged terribly. And the one guy looks like he's that. on chemo or something. That. What's that? I heard him say that. It, yeah. Buddies down there next we're taking the shot. They yeah. look like cancer patients. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. And it just dawned on me. Um, one of the guys at my church, he's in his uh, probably early 70s, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, he mentioned oh, a month or so ago to me that he had he and his wife had gotten the shots. And then here about a month ago or less, maybe three or four weeks, well, about, yeah, it's about a month, he um, was on a ladder and fell off and banged his head, mm-hmm. had a couple of staples in his head, um, and uh, cracked a couple ribs, I forget what else, and it didn't dawn on me until just now, I said, I wonder if he um, had a moment of, uh, <laughs> he had an accident on the ladder, so to speak. Could have. Where he kind of lost uh, lost consciousness or got dizzy or something, yeah. Um, don't know, but uh, it's entirely possible. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where you know, just little things. And I, I honestly believe that the vast majority of the injections they're given right now are saline, and um, that's why we haven't got more deaths. Mm-hmm. But still, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like. Um, if you figure, let's see, let's do some math here. Figure 10% of the injections are the real thing. And if they claim that 100 and what, 130 million maybe have been injected so far, 10% of that would be 13,000. And uh, what's this job here is saying 50,000 have died, so maybe I'm a little off. Maybe it's uh, 20%, maybe 25%. Mm-hmm. Uh, times 25 let's say that's 32,500 so hmm, I don't know but I would venture to say the ones that are actually getting the real juice they're all having problems whether it's you know and you figure 32.5 and then all the rest are having just uh, other um, negative uh, effects that aren't killing them at least yet Uh, but man it's just, it's going to get interesting. And then with all the stuff going on with the food and everything else, I'm hearing, you know, in the next couple of months, you know, food could be a real issue. Uh, they were actually, I was surprised, they were actually reporting, I think, on Fox yesterday that many um, uh, uh, grocery store chains are stocking up. They're actually going back to the old ways of, you know, actually over ordering 
and keeping extra stuff in there. You know, most of them don't even have stock rooms anymore. That's the problem with most regular grocery stores anymore. Mm. They got just mm. enough where it comes in on the loading dock and goes straight to the shelf because it's just in time delivery kind of stuff. So the ability to do much um, overstocking is going to be kind of tough for them. But here, like uh, locally, we've got Kroger, and about uh, 20 minutes from me is a huge Kroger warehouse mm-hmm. where the stores themselves can't re- you can't hold a lot. But that warehouse, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of square feet. Um, it supplies the regional area. You know, I don't know how far they go, but I'm sure the entire Columbus area. But it's not the only one. There's another one, uh, another... 15 minutes from me in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, there's several Kroger warehouses in this area. And if they're all doing that kind of thing, um, they're, they're reading the tea leaves, just like the oil and gas companies that are trying to figure out how they're going to replace, you know, 3000 employees in the next year or two, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, everybody's trying to plan ahead and stay ahead of the game because they know what's coming. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get weird. But, yeah. (laughs) And it won't be pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, not going to be pretty. And for those that haven't, uh, they've just been, you know, brain farting along, they're going to be caught with their pants down, so to speak. And uh, thank goodness I I started stocking up at Y2K. (laughs) Mm. And I honestly believe that, you know, and from everything I heard, there was a lot more disruption from Y2K than people let on. And I honestly believe it was God's way of getting his people to kind of pay attention and do something because it was a hard and fast date. You know, normally if you say, you know, down the road, something's going to happen. We don't know when or where, but something Mm -hmm. will happen. Mm -hmm. People will tend to get complacent. Well, down the road, I'll I'll prepare. And they never do. But when you have a hard, fast date that this is when it's going to be, everybody was like, hmm. Looks like I better do something before that date. And uh, that's what I did, and I've got a basement full of stuff. <laughs> Fruit and stuff? What's that? Food and such. Mm-hmm. Food, mop suits, you know, the uh, uh, gas masks. Uh, oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> uh, I got a little bit of everything, because like I said, me and my buddy were running uh, survival shows. So I made it a point to... You know, when the shows were closed, I would get around more then and talk to the table holders. And, of course, I'd be able to, you know, sit in and listen to the, uh, you know, the talks they were given and that kind of stuff. And uh, we had people there, everybody from, you know, guys that were doing uh, offline, uh, off-grid solar and wind power, you know, batteries, generators, inverters, all that kind of stuff, Um, you know, clear up to, you know, uh, kerosene stoves and uh, freeze-dried foods. My goodness, we had tons of stuff. And wow. uh, we had the companies coming in from Utah where, you know, the big Mormon groups that were doing all this, you know, because that's a big part of their religion, a year's worth of yeah. food. Yeah. And um, these guys, you know, people were coming in and carrying. They'd be bringing in semi-truck loads, and there would be people taking it out by the pickup truck loads. I mean, you know, five-gallon buckets, you know, number 10 cans, uh, cases and cases and cases of stuff. It'd be going in out of, in and out on a pallet and something. <laughs> it was wild. Mm-hmm. And then uh, same thing back then, same thing was happening with ammunition. You know, our ammo dealers would come in literally with truckloads 
and people would be taken and out by the pickup truckload. Um, there's a lot of ammunition out there. <laughs> I know a guy who has probably five, six, seven thousand rounds of nine millimeter and probably the same amount of 45. And AR you know, two guys then. <laughs> What's that? I'm Say sitting again. on, there's probably, oh my goodness. I've got one shelf down there that's nothing but ammo. Floor, you know, those big wow. wire shelves. Uh, wow. Everything from uh, 7.62 by 51 or 308 um, all the way to 22 short. Mm. Or I should say the other way around. But mm. uh, there's a lot of ammo down there. <laughs> Every time I hear of them, they talk on news, you know, the TV news. We They found a arsenal and they show six guns and maybe a couple of boxes of ammo. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I just laugh and roll my eyes. Last night, it was funny. Um, I was watching the Gutfeld show at 11 o'clock. I think it was last night or the night before, and Gutfeld actually asked Tyrus, the big uh, big black guy. That guy, is, he's a hoot. I love that dude. And uh, he says, how many guns do you have? And he says, 17. And everybody's like, ooh. I said, <laughs> I've got three times that. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, yeah, I got 50, roughly. Oh, my gosh. Do yep. you, now, do you have safes, or do you just have them in racks mm -hmm. in the basement? Yeah. Yeah, I have safes. Mm. And then gotcha. I have uh, other places where they are cached. Mm. You know, hidden. Comes like Probably shouldn't be saying that on my show, but oh well, you know. <laughs> hey, if they can't find them, they won't get them. Yeah. It's, one, it's fun. But yeah. uh, just stuff that I've accumulated over the years. And back in Y2K, before Y2K, I had a representative um, of every firearm or, you know, ar long arm that the military had from mm -hmm. uh, the 1812 to the present. I had 3040 Craig and mm -hmm. 03 Springfield, M1 Garand, um, had a Thompson, you know, semi-auto. Um, but I find at Y2K time, I decided to get rid of all that stuff and you know, basically get to where I had two 8.7, you know, two 12-gauge uh, shotguns, two uh, mm -hmm. uh 308 guns to 223 guns mm -hmm. um and then tons and tons of handguns besides and uh other things i got a couple of 22 long rifles um several um and basically one for me and one for my wife mm -hmm. one thing i got to stock up on is uh, repair parts and stuff they don't haven't done that yet mm -hmm. but um Oh, well, I wow, figure with what I got, I can get more of what I need. <laughs> you probably could. From uh, from people that no longer need them anymore. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I haven't bought any Class 3 stuff. I figure the time will come when I'll get some. Mm. And you've got uh, gold coins, silver coins? Or are you mm -hmm. into that? Yeah. Another mm -hmm. safe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. And I've got a bunch of carrot bars, you know, which makes it nice because they're so portable. They are. And a uh, little of this, a little of that. And or a lot of this, a lot of that. <laughs> I got to get another. I had one thing that was really cool. It was uh, back years ago, Bo Greitz, when he was on uh, Genesis Communications Network. He mm -hmm. had a thing that he was selling called a bot chain, which was uh, something that came from 
over in the Middle East. And it was basically a little chain that looked kind of like, um, you know, little ball chains like you use for pull strings on uh, uh, lights and stuff. But each one of those little things, it was all uh, 24 karat gold. So guys would carry these things, and if they were somewhere where they needed to barter or whatnot, they could pull one of those little bots off the chain, and it was gold that they could use to buy what they needed to get where they needed to go. Mm -hmm. And I had one of those uh, that I got from him, but I sold it back when I was doing my longevity stuff first out to buy some supplements. Wouldn't mind getting another one of those, but... Um, that was just a neat little deal. You could wear it like a, a necklace type of thing around your neck, uh, uh -huh. at least until you first had to break it up. But each one of those little things could be pulled off and used to barter with. It was really pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, gold, silver, junk silver mostly. Uh -huh. Sure. But uh, you have some 99% stuff too. And uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, a buddy of mine wanted to get some uh bitcoin and he didn't have anything but gold and silver to trade so i went over and he got the better end of the deal because that bitcoin is worth a whole lot more than what i gave him you know the dollar amount of the gold i got from him <laughs> but you know he has a better end now yeah definitely who knows, who knows what gold and silver will be a year from now <laughs> yeah well that's true but uh it still wouldn't be as much as what bitcoin, the bitcoin has changed because it was only like a thousand dollars yeah. Uh, back when we did it uh, so he got a bitcoin a little like one and a half bitcoin for you know 1500 bucks worth of gold <laughs> mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that so he's definitely he's sitting on forty five thousand dollars right now <laughs> yeah even at the depressed rate of bitcoin so gold ain't going to go up that quick that soon no it won't but ultimately it could have yeah. you talked to him about uh hyperfund yeah, he's actually signed up. He hasn't funded his account yet. He's he's waiting for Bitcoin to go higher. <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm gonna talk to him. I'll be seeing him Friday. And I say you really need to do it now. Yeah, uh, don't wait, man. You'll do triple your value. Long. You know, probably more than the Bitcoin's gonna do in the next you know umpteen months. Yeah, but yeah. you know, who knows? And the thing is, is you know when I show him what it can be worth, you know, down the road, mm -hmm. it'll be. It'll be good. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, show them your back office with just uh, half a bit or a Bitcoin. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it blows me away every time I look at that calculator. And mm -hmm. it's tracking right along with what I'm getting every day. Yeah. You know, the, the guy, whoever put it together, did a good job. Yeah, yeah that it, calculator uh, is sweet. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Mm -mm -mm. It is cool. Yeah. I but mean, let's see here. Ten thousand, a tenth of a Bitcoin, or uh oh, Jim, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Uh oh, Robert fell off. He'll be calling back. But anyway, uh, McCulloch is there. He is. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what happened. We, we got cut off. But, yeah, uh, I'm back. Sort of dropped. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh. If you just did 10,000, you could do a rebuy every day easily. And you do very, very well. Yeah, I'm going to look. Uh, I haven't done that yet. Um, my, my, main, my first account 
the top one I did with 2000, if I remember right. It wasn't mm-hmm. five. No, it was two. And, yeah, because the payout was immediately six, and it's up to, like, 9500 now. Mm-hmm. And um, in uh, September, I'll be up to uh, be paying. I'll do a rebuy every other day with it, um, which... I'm getting a little bit more than that now because I've had some people enroll underneath me, which is boosting it. Um, cool. But at the end, looking at day 600, I'll be up to 200 every day rebuys, and it will be worth 80000 and change from 2000 Look at you. In 20 months. That's my little account, one of my little accounts. Well, it's my second biggest account, I guess you could say. Because that one's sure. two thousand. The other ones I did were either five hundred or three hundred. But that one I'll be able to pull money off of and fund my little cards. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, you know, a couple hundred a day, that ain't bad. And um, not at all. And it just that one will continue to grow too. Shoot, not too shabby. Wow. Why did you do separate accounts as opposed to putting all in one? Did you do that's the that's what uh, Amanda, the girl in uh, Australia, who's like the number one person in the yeah. Western Hemisphere you know, yeah. with this thing? You know, that's yeah. that's who John and Kathy are signed up directly under. Mm-hmm. And um, on the fourteenth of May, we did a conference on Zoom with the four of us, and that's what she recommended to do. I said, okay, <laughs> gotcha. You know, okay. you know, like I said, I can see the the the, str- the strategy behind it, uh, mm-hmm. and like um, the guy on the video Monday was saying, you know, he I you listen a little bit further into the thing, and he made the mistake where he started signing up, you know, setting up accounts underneath them, and then signing people up under those, and it got to the point where his lower accounts were actually higher ranked than his top one because of the way things he was doing things, and mm-hmm. he would have been better better off to do it all under the original one and um i honestly you know and basically if i was doing it again i would probably just do one just because it's a lot easier to play with that way you know every day i would do one rebuy and i'd be done and anyone that signed up would sign up under that one and it would grow faster but so um, you think the, the math works out the same one account as opposed to five or six others um i don't know it would be hard to say because the the variables when you have other people enrolling that you've referred uh, that throws everything out of whack because there's no way to plan for that kind of thing and, and predict it. Um, mm-hmm. The more people that sign up and the more they bring in, the more rewards you get for it, um, mm-hmm. and it really throws this thing into hyperdrive. Uh, mm-hmm. It's bad. It's it's good enough with just you know, doing the rebuys is like on steroids. But when you include with that other people who have enrolled and they're doing the same thing, mm. it just, you know, that snowball is just getting huge. Uh, so, you know, as I refer other folks, you know, I've got half a dozen that I've referred, but only so far one or two have actually funded them. Uh, the others yeah. are waiting on one thing or another. Um mm-hmm. You know, basically getting the the tether and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, once all those start kicking in, and I've got some folks, uh, one guy that I'm going to be talking to, hopefully here soon, um, 
who's got a lot of Bitcoin because he's bought wow. a bunch of it from John and Kathy over the mm -hmm. last several months. And um, when I show him the potential of this thing, I think he's going to jump in with both feet in a big way. Um, maybe even with more than I put in. And if That's that happens, whew, man, I'll tell you what, that will cause mine to, to grow even more exponentially. It would. So, you know. It's, you know, that's the thing. It's just one of those things. And the best part is, is like I said, right now I'm just looking what I can do passively, just what I put in. But, you know, when you see something like this, it's very difficult not to be wanting to tell other people about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just, you know, I would not feel right, you know, if two years down the road I got a friend that's all, you know, could have been in this thing and I didn't tell him about it and he's having financial issues and he sees how well I'm doing. He says, how come you're doing so well? Well, I got in this hyperfund thing. Why didn't you tell me about it? <laughs> if I'd have got in when you got in, I'd be doing okay now, you know? And uh, especially the way things are going with the, mm -hmm. the move towards the um, uh, cashless society, you know, doing everything digital. When that happens, I'll tell you what, there's going to be some freaked out people when they realize that they don't have money anymore. Um, yeah. You know, because right now, uh, it could be the social credit scores, but as the banks continue to mismanage things, they're just going to do haircuts to anybody they want because when the money goes into the bank, it's theirs. And, you know, if they give it back out of the goodness of their heart, that's one thing. But if they don't, you've got no recourse. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, people that are stuck in the banking system, you know, that's that's going to be bad. Or in that's retirement tough. plans, IRAs, you know, 401ks, all that kind of junk. Um, you know, so far, you know, my police pension is still there, but I don't know how long. Um, somewhere down the road, you know, they go to this universal basic income crap and they could say, well, we don't have to do this anymore, so we're not paying you. Or, That's a big possibility. or it's going to be reduced greatly. Who knows? And, you know, you know, I can only count on longevity for so long because when people don't have money, you know, even if they want to buy this stuff, they won't be able to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm planning ahead and trying to set things up so if and when those things go down, there's something else to take the slack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you signed up for Social Security yet? I can't. I actually, when I retired in 96, the um, pension board told me that because I was on a disability that I had to apply for Medicare. And oh. um, basically, and then if, if Medicare approved, then their insurance, the pensions insurance would be secondary and Medicare would be primary. And at the mm -hmm. time, that was not, that was before I did any study and knew what I was doing. I just, well, okay. And in order mm -hmm. to apply for Medicare, you got to apply for Social Security. Uh, so I applied for Social Security. I got one check for $211, and they told me that was all I would ever get. And when I talked to somebody from Social Security, they said, because you'd be double dipping, because I have a police pension and Social Security. I said, well, wait a minute. I paid into both of them. I should get paid out from both of them. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, you know, basically what you're telling me is... You know, I did it the right way, and I'm getting screwed because you people who only paid into one are getting paid out twice. You're the ones that are really double-dipping, and yeah. I can't get mine so you can get yours. 
So that's basically what happened. And I got one payment and I, they said I'd never get another one. And I've never looked into it because quite honestly, I don't want anything to do with the government. And, um, you know, when the, uh, uh, in 2008, the pension fund changed their insurance. And I had actually at one point, um, before that called the pension board because in 99, I rescinded the signature on my, uh, social security application that my parents did. So I basically gave my SSN back. And when I did that, obviously, as far as I was concerned, I no longer qualified for Social Security. So I called the pension board and told them that. And they said, okay. And they just switched me back over to the um, pension board's insurance. And then in 2008, they changed companies. They went from Aetna to United Healthcare, mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it. Um, and basically, I had a... a did a sleep study. My wife wanted me to check into sleep apnea at the time. I didn't realize the truth about that yet because I hadn't met up with Wallach. And I did this study and it turns out that the guy that the office that did it doesn't accept Medicare. And, uh, and they didn't accept, you know, I basically submitted my insurance information and they said that that's not there anymore. You've now got this insurance and they claim that you're supposed to be on Medicare and they won't pay until Medicare does. I said, well, I'm not uh, taking Medicare, so, and the, his office okay. wouldn't accept it anyway. So I had to pay him 3500 bucks out of my pocket to the tune, I, I, I didn't, and I didn't have it. I said, I'll give you 50 bucks a month. And if I'd have known then what I know now, they said, well, if you don't pay us at least $100, we are going to send it to collections. I should have said, go ahead. <laughs> of course, I didn't know them when I know now. Sure. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have had to pay anything, and I'd take care of that with one letter. But... Um, you know, as it was, and he wouldn't give me any break, you know, like insurance companies, a $3,500 bill, they would pay maybe 2000 and he'd write off the rest. But no, I had to pay the whole 3500 and wow. which I did. It took me a couple of years to do it. You know, I was paying as much as I could, but it was at some point it was, I dropped down. I went, you know, I was trying to give him a hundred bucks a month and I finally got down to where I said, I can't give you more than 50. I don't, don't, don't have it. And they, they, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. And unfortunately, you know, the learning curve didn't kick in until, you know, when it really, when I got involved with longevity and then started doing radio and bumped into Roger. And that's where everything really, uh, op- you know, the light came on. Yeah. And, uh, been interesting ever since. But, uh, yeah, for all of us. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so you 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 paid off 3500 in total then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep paid it off you know one month at a time 50 bucks or a little more if i could and uh, finally got taken care of and then i found out you know from wallach that everybody has sleep apnea it's a natural occurrence um basically when you're sleeping you don't need as much oxygen as everybody else does and mm-hmm. um you know, your body will basically appear to stop breathing, and mm-hmm. but you always seem to take that breath when you need it because yeah. that's part of your body. And uh, the guy that did my test, you know, he said I did, I stopped breathing 682 times in less than eight hours, some for as long as almost a minute. And I said, you know, but, and he's a couple of times I was on my way in there to shake you and you started breathing again because it's a natural function. 
Sure. You breathe when you need to breathe. If you don't need to breathe, you, you know, you wait until the carbon dioxide builds up and then you exhale and start up again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's the trouble. MDs don't understand it. With, you know, some shyster doctor one day figured that out and said, mm, I can make some money off of this. Tell people it causes heart attacks and causes this and causes that. You know, it's all a bunch of hooey. And I was on a CPAP from 2008 till 2013. But when I started working with Wallach, I realized what was going on. And I stopped using the stupid thing. And I'm fine. I sleep mm-hmm. fine. You know, I still snore a little. But, um, you know, that's natural too. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't have any problems. And I don't have to, you know, be like Darth Vader. I'll tell you what get used to that stupid thing and it took me a while to get to the point where i could sleep without it it was funny because you know sometimes you know i'd be using that stupid thing we'd have power failure and all of a sudden my cpap wasn't working and i wake up you know gasping because i had that stupid thing on my face and uh ripping it off and trying to figure out what was going on realized the power had stopped and i was like okay now what do i do (laughs) ouch yeah and uh, a lot of people are like that. You know, most, a lot of, some people actually, they get battery backup units for their CPAPs because they just think they can't be without them. They're going to die if they don't use them. Just, yeah, just give your body the nutrition it needs. Mm. You know, that's what I did. <laughs> Stop using the stupid thing. It's in the closet downstairs. One of these days I'm going to sell it on eBay or something. But, yeah. Well, are they expensive? Uh... The um, Medicare actually paid for that thing. Oh, okay. And I don't know. I'm assuming, you know, I, I didn't price this one, but it was one of the top models. I figure it was probably between, you know, 1300 and $2,000, something like that. What really is bad is the parts, the hoses and the masks and the headgear and junk because that stuff wears out. Um and they had me on a like a monthly replacement program where they were sending me stuff every month to you know swap out, get rid of the, take out the old hose, put the new one in, and all this other junk. And it got to the point where I finally told Medicare to go pound sand because they tried to bill me. I didn't know what was going on. I'd never paid anything that way. And mm-hmm. I said, "Nope, I ain't paying you." <laughs> and I just I just called the company and said, "Shut it off," you know, and then. Shortly after that, I stopped using the thing altogether. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a racket. You know, everything sure the MDs is. do is a racket. It's geared to make money for them. Sure. You know, it does, has nothing to do with the health of the patient. You know, only once in a while, as they say, you know, you, know, you have the MD that actually have a little concern for their patient will do something to help them and that kind of stuff. You know, as they say, even a blind hog can rustle up an acorn once in a while. But yes, can. generally speaking, you know, the only thing you should go to an MD for is a trauma case. Broken mm-hmm. bones, severed body parts, that kind of stuff. But this other crap, where they make their bread and butter most of the time, it's all a scam. Look at COVID. I mean... They could they could cure you in their office with you know fifty bucks worth of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or budesonide, but instead what do they do? Put you in the hospital, 
you know, get kickbacks for that, do all kinds of testing, get kicks back and get kickbacks for that, put them on a vent, you know, $39,000 the hospital gets when they put you on a vent, you know, 13000 just for admitting you as a positive COVID case. That's nice money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, government. You know, all the money that has blown, and then look at all the cottage industries that have exploded, you know, the people making face masks. The people making hand sanitizer, you know, the uh, all of the like Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, all the the you know the booze companies making you know hand sanitizer. <laughs> wow, you know, wow, billions and billions and billions of dollars wrapped around this fraud mm-hmm. that people made money from, and of course, all the little businesses that were told they're not essential. But the big brother versions of them, you know, the grocery stores, the, you know, the, the chain stores, the big box stores, the Costco's and Sam Club and all those, oh, they have to stay open. You can have all kinds of people in there, but, you know, a little mom and pop grocery store, oh, you've got to close. Yeah, right. That's a crock. And then you've got, you know, a church next to a, 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 a whatchamacallit, a, a Lowe's. Lowe's has hundreds of people inside there on a Sunday, but the church has to close. Hmm. The bars have to close. You know, look back at the founding of this country. Where did all the planning for the founding of this country take place? Churches and bars. Hmm. We're going to close those places down so them people can't do their talking. You know, it's insane. And so many people, so many churches and bars went along with it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, bar, you know, what are they doing? They're drinking alcohol. <laughs> They're sterilizing themselves. You know? <laughs> uh, I doubt there was a single case of COVID ever transmitted in a bar. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. But, hey, stupid is as stupid does. And, so and now right. we've got the Delta variant. Oh, everything is getting back to normal. People are cranking out, and all of a sudden, oh, we can't have that. We got to come up with something new. We've got the new deadly Delta variant. Yeah, same old stuff. And shame on anybody that's stupid enough to shut down or have lockdowns again because of it. Yeah, um, you know, you can't. Uh, you do. You know, those that refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And sure enough, we're going to see some of that. Already are. Yeah. It's crazy. We already are. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, of course, the blue states are blaming the red states. I just got something off of uh, PPN. I got a a picture of Joe Biden with this little 15-year-old girl, blonde girl, Uh sitting in his lap. And Biden at this point is in his 30s. Well suppressed photo, Joe Biden and his in his thirties and Dr. Jill at fifteen. Before the death of Joe's first wife, his friendly acquaintance with his future doctor was already well established as Jill was the Biden family babysitter. Dr. Jill Biden is now our reigning first lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it normal to hug your 15-year-old babysitter like this? I mean, she's sitting on his lap, and he's got his arms around her, giving her a squeeze. Uh, uh, that puke. Me, I'll tell you what. So I, I, as soon as I saw that, I put it on my Telegram page. <laughs> mm. 
you know, probably get me banned from Facebook if I put it on there. <laughs> I'm trying not to get thrown in jail, just see how far I can make it this time. But uh, I don't know. I've been in it so many times. I'll tell you what, you know, and uh, they don't feed you very well either. No, no. But Especially at least I can come and go as I please. <laughs> Man. Anyway, I got a video here. Um, where'd it go? Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. There it is. This guy, he had uh, blood work done pre and post vaccination. Mm -hmm. Check this out. Okay. So here's a little research update on what we're finding in our pre and post jab blood work and in our environmental toxin testing. And remember, this is only a little bit of what we can actually test for. I say if you're not testing, you're guessing, and pretty much nobody in the entire country is testing for this stuff, but it's very important. And what we're finding is that every single person, dozens of people, before and after, are having high levels of inflammatory markers, HSCRP, homocysteine, liver enzymes, GGT, um, all kinds of stuff, pro NT, pro BNP, Myeloproxidase, um, PLAC, which is the same thing as lipoprotein, PLA little two. So basically, you might not know what that means, but let me break it down for you. Those markers are elevated and each EMA is elevated in the urine after in every single person. And what this means is that everybody is basically having inflammatory changes and or heart stress or plaque risk, heart pumping stress or plaque risk after they're getting the vaccine, the COVID vaccines. And everybody's peeing out HEMA. So the good news is you're peeing out carcinogens. The bad news is you're peeing out carcinogens. And HEMA is a breakdown of ethylene oxide, which is usually in PEG, which is in the Pfizer Moderna vaccine. So every single person we're finding when we do pre and post environmental toxin testing, we're finding that they're peeing out HEMA, which means you could have a cancer risk. Like we're exposed to thousands of carcinogens on a daily basis. But it's not a great sign that people, after they take the Pfizer Moderna vaccines, are peeing out carcinogens. We're also finding from all of the COVID vaccines that people are having inflammatory change, which is why you're getting those inflammation symptoms. It means the vaccine is working, but it also means that your body is responding in an over-inflammatory state, probably because you don't really naturally make that level of antibodies or your body doesn't naturally get injected with mRNA technology or the adenovirus technology that goes to the DNA that then creates the mRNA. It's not like your body innately does that. So it's a synthetic process and your body tends to make more inflammation from that process. At least that's what we're finding in our research. And remember, no one else is doing this research. And if you're not testing, you're guessing. So everybody else is just guessing. And we don't, we're just guessing what that means long-term. We don't really know what it means long-term because that level of plaque, that level of inflammation usually lasts for a couple of weeks to about a month or so in the blood work. But we don't know if that's gonna create plaques or clots that will then break off and cause problems later on down the road. That's probably why the heart inflammation is happening. But just remember, the biggest lie in healthcare is just because you have symptoms means you're healthy or the lack of symptoms means you're fine. So when they say it's safe and effective, to what degree is it safe? It may be effective at creating antibodies, but is that useful or not? And how safe is it when everybody is having these basically bad um, elevations in their blood levels after the vaccine? Um, so I wish I had better news to share, but that's kind of what we're finding in our research. And it doesn't really bode well um, for people. It means 
like some people can handle, I think, that level of inflammation and heart stress. But some people, in some people, it's like you know twice as high as normal, which is still quite high. Um, but other people, it's like 20, 30 times higher than normal. Their HSCRP should be below one. And when it gets above three, that's a lot of inflammation. And they're having like 20, 30, 35 numbers on this lab marker of HSCRP, which is high sensitivity cardioreactive protein, which is a, basically a cardiovascular or a blood level of inflammation that affects the entire body everywhere the blood travels to, which is why people are getting such strange reactions. I mean, it's just one of the reasons, but that's kind of our research update on HEMA and the pre-post blood labs. And it doesn't bode well, but that is what we're finding. And I feel like it's just my honest due diligence to tell you what we're finding and what we found up to this point. And uh, I don't think that the results are going to change even if we go from dozens to hundreds. We're still gonna find this in everybody, if not almost everybody after the vaccine. But many people are kind of done taking the vaccine or aren't gonna take the vaccine or already took the vaccine. So we probably won't get a lot more research in and the opportunity to do this on tons of people, thousands of people has probably been missed by the standard medical community. And you might ask, why has no one done this research to this point? And I go, I don't know. Um, it would have been useful to do this research, but most doctors don't even test these markers, don't believe in these markers. They're not part of normal blood routine lab checks. Um, but it basically looks like people are having almost like a natural COVID infection would increase these numbers in those who are really sick from COVID. That's basically what we're finding from the vaccines. They're having like a mini COVID-like blood reactions, but many people are having it to the extreme. And um, just remember, just because you feel fine after a few days doesn't mean there aren't long-term consequences from injecting yourself with carcinogens or from having inflammatory reactions for a few weeks to a month. We don't know what that could mean in the short or long term, but um, we basically found this and we're predicting the myocarditis months before it happened. And uh, we've been censored, blocked, and deleted for it a number of times, but that's where we're at. That's what the re our research is showing, and that's true science is like just sharing what you're finding clinically. It's one of the best levels of evidence and science that we have, and it's just a big red flag, at least a yellow flag, and we should be investigating that more. So well, what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, another reason not to take the shot. Yeah, you know, and it's not surprising. Peeing out toxins, imagine that. Well, it's a good sign, at least, that their bodies are eliminating some of this stuff instead of storing it, you know, but... Uh, just the same all the crap he's talking about wasn't there pre and is there post that should tell you something and i just uh, sent that as a text to my wife so she can share it with all her friends <laughs> put it on uh, the telegram page here's another one so two minute and 38 second um j and j uh well, let's see j and j blindness and stroke here we go. I normally don't post videos or draw attention to myself, but I feel it's necessary at this point in time for people to be aware of the reality of the Johnson Johnson COVID vaccine. I went and had that done on April 1st. On April 6th, I woke up feeling really sick. I had a, what I thought was a migraine because my vision was weird. I wasn't feeling like myself, so I went to the doctor. She treated me for a migraine and sent me home week later I started getting even more blind in my eye and I went to an ophthalmologist who sent me immediately to the hospital stating that my optical nerve was swollen and I have a blood clot that's basically caused me to have a stroke. I knew something was wrong because I had 
severe almost paralysis on the right side of my face. But nobody was taking me seriously. And I kept saying, I just got the shot. Something's going on. I got blown off. The ophthalmologist took it seriously. He believed me. He sent me to the hospital. The hospital sent me home saying it was just a migraine. Stay tuned for part two of the nightmare that gets worse. Part two. So upon being sent home, it slowly got worse. Then I was in extreme pain, and every joint in my body started hurting immensely. My feet started swelling. My skin started getting burns all over it. I was sent to a neurologist who immediately upon that visit sent me straight to a Chicago hospital where I spent six days in the neurology department of the hospital to determine how to attack the situation. Attack being a key word. The vaccine attacked my immune system. I now have been diagnosed with three immune disorders along with a blood disorder, all based on the shot. My daily life consists of nothing. I sleep. I try to eat. I sometimes get sick. I sometimes do well. I have good days. I have bad days. Still can't see. I've lost my independence. I cannot drive anymore. I had to resign my job. I have no quality at this point. Thank God I have a great support system in my family. I don't know where I'd be without them at this point. Seeing as I have to be driven every week to a new doctor to try to figure out how to fix this as they don't know exactly how to treat me based on the fact that the vaccine was so new. Stay tuned for part three. Man, you know, what's really sad is these people that honestly believed what they were being told. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, it's, it's amazing. If you're buying a car, you'll look all over the place. You'll mm-hmm. research like crazy for crying out loud. When we go on vacation, my wife will spend a month <laughs> researching airline tickets to get the best price. <laughs> Me, if I, I go on and find it, looks like a good price. Boom, I'm done. <laughs> In and out 15 minutes. She'll spend weeks and weeks and weeks digging for the right stuff. And mm-hmm. um, But luckily, she's a researcher, and she's doing the same here. But most people, they'll look for... You know, the best deal on something that they want to buy, and they'll they'll check here, they'll check there, they'll do all kinds of research. But when it comes to something like this, they buy into all the hype, the fear that's being put out by the lamestream media and the Democrats mostly, some Republicans too. <laughs> uh, there's idiots on both sides of the aisle. And they just buy into it without doing one bit of research. And what gets me is, well, I did my research and I figured that this is the best one to go with. I said, how on earth could you do any research and figure out that any of them are a good one to go with? Yeah. My doctor said. Yeah. Your doctor's an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you got an MD that tells you to take this, he's a freaking idiot or he's a criminal. One or the other, neither of which are acceptable in the medical system. But it's natural. (laughs) It's normal, unfortunately. But, you know, and then she she has this issue, goes to her doctor, treats her for a migraine. Goes to the hospital, treats her for a migraine. Anything but. They don't want to hear the word, I got the shot. Mm -hmm. But they're hearing it like crazy. 
and they ignore it until they can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And these people, you know, like this lady said, thank goodness I have a good support system in my family and friends. You know, a lot of people don't have that. And, man, imagine what so many people are going through that, you know, are shaking like a leaf, that are, you know, paralyzed on one side or the other or both. Um, mm-hmm. Can't walk. Yeah. And there's no recourse. You can't yep. go after the yep. people that, you know, gave it to you. You can't go after the people that made it because yep. they have total immunity. They do. You know, that in and of itself should tell people not to take it. If for no other reason that the people that make this stuff and the people that inject you with it have total immunity, so if you get sick or die, they can't be sued. If this thing's so good and so safe and so effective, why on earth would they need immunity? Mm-hmm. You know, why have they had it for 1986 for all childhood vaccines? Same thing. But people just walk right up, roll up their sleeves or their children's sleeves. Yeah, load me up, stick me on all this stuff. Aborted fetal tissue, monkey viruses, you know, who knows what all is in these things. You know, MSG, you know, monosodium glutamate, you know, red dye number five. (laughs) Who knows? And these people just take it. And then when they have a problem, and that's why I say she's one of the unlucky ones that she didn't get the saline. She got the real McCoy. And boom, life Mm. is never going to be the same. Mm. And many people that are find themselves in this condition are just wishing they had just died from it. You know? <laughs> Might have been easier. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. And that's what's going on. I think word is starting to get out because, you know, they can only cover it up for so long. Sooner yeah. or later. You know, they were saying at the beginning, everybody's going to know someone who died from COVID. <laughs> well... Now everybody's going to know a lot of people who died from the COVID shots. Yes. You know, a whole lot more. And, you know, considering right now we probably got three or four times the number of people who died from the disease have died from the shot so far. And the numbers are going to go higher and higher with the door-to-door crap and the, you know, $10,000 lotteries at work and the idiot lottery here in Ohio for, you know, Vax a million, and you too can get a four-year degree if you live to, you know, get through school. You know, insanity. Absolute insanity. It is. It is. But we got another one here. This is pretty interesting. Californians are fed up with COVID restrictions. Enough is enough. (laughs) Oh, I think... A San Diego mother blasting her local board of supervisors for hurting small businesses and maintaining some of the country's strictest mask mandates long after she says the emergency is over. We are no longer in a state of emergency. Just months ago, I could walk through Target sipping a Starbucks coffee, but the independent coffee shop owner around the corner who supports four children was told not only to close, but threatened with fines. That mother of four, Melissa O'Connor, joins us now. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. Good morning. What took you to that point? You know, I speak for a lot of other people in my state, I'm sure New York and other parts of the country. 
Um, everybody's experience over the last year and a half has been really different, and I want to be sympathetic to that. Um, I'm not coming from a place of just thinking about myself. Um, as you just saw the clip where I talked about the coffee shop owner, but just what we've endured in this state as parents has been so difficult. Um, and <laughs> I feel like they have us right where they want us because we were in such a grind trying to make every day happen with small kids, you know, either juggling working from home and figuring out how to, you know, get them set up on a computer to do distance learning. And I have a baby and a, um, a, a three-year-old at the time, they were climbing all over my son's computer when he's just, and they shut down our playgrounds and the beaches, um, libraries just opened here. So we had little resources and everybody's fighting about it and it just gets to be too much. And so, you know, our board of supervisors, they're the ones who implement all of our public health mandates and they just started meeting in person and enough is enough. I showed up to represent um, moms across America yeah. who are fed up with all of these rules. Melissa, it's crazy. Even if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask in your area on public transport or trans transportation, indoors in K through 12 schools, health settings and nursing homes, detention facilities, homeless and emergency shelters. And I look at that video of you. I know how hard it is to be a mother, a mother of four. You had to get all those kids dressed in their car seats, drive to that meeting. You're very passionate about this. And I know that you're a big supporter mm -hmm. of uh, Sharon McKinnon. She started the Let Them Breathe and she's taking legal action. What do you how, how do you see this playing out in San Diego? When are they going to lift all these restrictions? Yeah, thank you so much for bringing up her organization because I am, I, I guess, is this how this works in America? Like you have to sue people to get your rights back. What's been happening is completely unconstitutional. So her organization is funded by um, parents were funding a lawsuit against the state um, to say these mandates aren't lawful. And they've gone on long enough. I mean, I think I feel comfortable being on national television saying we shouldn't have our kids in masks. Yeah, well, thanks for they standing up never for our been kids. In masks. Thanks for right. standing up for our kids and for these small businesses. You're right. You told our producers uh, Target made 15 billion, yet the small business had to close. Thank you so much. Keep fighting. More Fox okay, and Friends you. coming up. Hi, I'm Brian Kilmeade. I want Can you believe that? <laughs> And the thing is, they don't realize the reason all this is being done is because they're property. Need to listen to Roger's show. <laughs> if you are, if you've answered yes to the question, are you a U.S. citizen? You don't have constitutional rights. Nope. And they can treat you any way they want. Once you file that affidavit, you're not in that system anymore. You're not on the federal plantation anymore. And they can't do it. And that's why this whole time I have never worn a face mask anywhere I've gone. I do what I want. I go where I want. And nobody says boo. You know, I have yet to have anybody question me except when I um, went into Costco. And I just ignore them. <laughs> yeah.
But what was that uh, grocery store you went to? What's that? Wouldn't let you in. The grocery what? store you went to. Oh yeah. Um, what's it? McCall. It's um, um, what is it called? Uh, Marks. And yeah. I haven't been back. And you know, we op- they open back up on June second. Uh, I don't know whether that store has you know, gone back to not requiring them or not. Because, um, you know, back when we had the mask mandate originally, I was in there several times without one. Uh, it was at one point, though, they decided to go full-on mask Nazi and wouldn't let anybody in. And that was when I walked in and I showed them my uh, exemption thing. And they said, nope. And I said, see ya. You'll never get another dollar of my money. So, uh, you know, I have never been back. I don't, and I'm assuming now they probably are not doing that anymore, but it's so tough. Mm. You ain't getting my money. Um, and same thing with, uh, Menards. Since they started that stuff, I don't care what happens. I will never set foot in those places, that place ever again. But, and that's the thing. More people need to do that. She talked about, you know, I could walk through Target sipping on a Starbucks. Well, there's a part of the problem. Starbucks is one of the biggest problems in this country. Unfortunately, too many people are addicted to their crappy stuff and continue to support them, even though they are, you know, the things they support are diametrically opposed to, you know, a healthy country. You know, if you're not, if you're not in favor of homosexual marriage, they don't want your money. Fine. You ain't getting my money <laughs> because every country that in history that's ever accepted sodomites has basically gone down the tubes and we're in that process right now it's our turn yep you know we ain't special and uh unfortunately (laughs) people refuse to learn from history they're doomed to relive it and we are going to Mm -hmm. damn shame but uh you know the other side will vote with their dollars. Unfortunately, the people on this side are too attached to their vices and the things they just got to have to make any exceptions. You know, if there's a co- company out there that's doing things that you don't want, that you, that doesn't go along with you, you know, if you sub- put money into anything that goes to Planned Parenthood, what the heck are you thinking? Yeah. You know? Agreed. Agreed. And... But people, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to look at it. Or, you know, how many people, you know, eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream? One of the most anti-gun groups out there, companies. Really? Yep. They have been 100%, you know, like like Diane Feinstein, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in. Mm. That's Ben and Jerry's. People Mm -hmm. buy that stuff all the time. I go to somebody's house that they're a gun person, and I see Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I just, I said, what are you thinking, you moron? They probably don't know. That's the problem. And there are, there are companies, the Second Amendment Foundation, the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, Gun Owners of America, they all put out lists of anti-gun groups and companies. That information is readily available. You go on, you know, DuckDuckGo or Bing or something and say, Give me a list of anti-gun organizations. You'll get a mile-long list. Mm. And 99% of them are places that you support. So you're supporting anti-gun propaganda and everything else every time you buy a Starbucks because they're anti-gun, they're anti-Marine Corps. That's one of the things that first turned me off 
when uh, years and years ago during the original Gulf War, uh, a contingent of Marines in Iraq sent a request to Starbucks. They just wanted some coffee. They were paying, they'd pay for it. They just wanted it. And Starbucks said, screw you. We don't support you. We don't support the mission. We'll never give you anything or send it to you, even if you're paying for it. Wow. Uh, okay. Target. Target only supports sodomite stuff. You know, the Marine Corps wanted to have a Toys for Tots thing at their store for Christmas, and they said, nope, we don't support you. We only support homosexual issues. I haven't been in Target in 20-some years. Never go back. As far as I'm concerned, that store could dry up and rot and go to hell. <laughs> you know, I will not shop in a Target. Mm. I don't care what. You know, if it's the only place on earth, then I'll do with whatever it is that they're selling or do without it. But that's the thing. People won't vote with their dollars. And as a result, we're getting screwed and the other side's prevailing in many cases because they cancel. <laughs> you know, they are active. They put out lists to their people. Don't support these people because they're pro-freedom. They're pro-gun. Hey, boom. And not only do they not support them, they don't go shop there or anything, but they purposely go out in front and try and stop everybody else from going in, too. <laughs> or they try and get radio shows canceled or whatever the case might be. Um, they're vocal. You know, if the other side, the people that just want to be left alone, would ever get to that point, this problem would be solved in a heartbeat. All those businesses would, would go out of, out of business. And the one that I'm really struggling with now is Apple Computer. Why? Because oh, I think I know why. everything they do. I haven't checked, but I would venture to say they're probably supporters of gun control. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. You know, I haven't I haven't looked into that one, but it wouldn't surprise me. And uh, I'm going to have to do something about that because. <laughs> I just wish there'd be some somebody that would come up with a good system that uh, would function <laughs> and do what this thing will do. Um, that's the problem. I mean, I I buy a computer and it, I let it, I basically run it till it dry out and dies, and it's usually ten years on average, and it's mm -hmm. not dead most of the time. It usually is just the point where I can no longer update it. Mm -hmm. uh, ten years is a good long run. That is. Uh, and like I said, I've still got my original Apple IIe that I bought in 1982, and it still works. Find me an IBM PC that, from that era that's being used for anything but a doorstop or a boat anchor. <laughs> Probably can't. You know? But my, my, my even, the, even the original green screen monitor still works. I mean, everything. The Epson RX80 FT printer. Biggest problem is finding ribbons for that thing because <laughs> it's a dot matrix, but um, it still works, you know, and it probably will work for a long, long time. You talk about basic technology, <laughs> man, but uh, powerful for its time. Had a whole 128K of memory, it was the professional model, and two five and a quarter inch floppy drives. <laughs> Oh, you were slant, you were flying. Yeah, and I upgraded. I put 256K in. I thought I was in high cotton. Nobody ever knew what a hard drive was back then. Yeah. But when they finally came out with one, five megabytes, you uh, thought you were, you know, 
you know, in the Fortune 500, if you had a 5 megabyte hard drive, my goodness, and you paid hundreds of dollars for that thing too, <laughs> five or six hundred bucks. <laughs> My wristwatch has more memory than that now. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> it's amazing that the things that have changed over the years. Uh-huh. But, you know, still, people need to think about what's, you know, what they're supporting. And who. Yeah, and who. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. Some crazy crap out there. But well, let's see what else. There was something else I wanted to try to figure out where it went. <laughs> it never fails. Uh, goodness gracious. Nope, it's not that. Oh, I know it was Peggy Hall. Mm. This video is about seven minutes long. EEO says business must honor exemptions uh, for medical and uh, that kind of thing and religious exemptions. Yep. Here we go. Hey friends, Peggy Hall here from the healthyamerican.org. Let's talk about the EEOC. What is that? It's in the news because this is the government agency that has to do with your equal employment rights. You have the right to not be discriminated against in the workplace. It's a very interesting website to go to when you go to the EEOC because you can see the kinds of companies that are being um held responsible for the discrimination that they are perpetrating upon their employers. And it's very important when we're talking about our health status. So I want to break that down for you. And I also want to show you where you can get additional resources. I want to talk to you about the EEOC. That is the federal agency that has the responsibility to prevent you from being discriminated against at work. And that is on the minds of so many people I know because you guys are emailing me at thehealthyamerican.org. And that is where I get your emails related to, can my employer require me to undergo a medical intervention that I don't want to do? That is the question and I have the answer. And I've done videos on this for the past year. I actually have a webinar called Your Employee Rights. And I wanna share that with you real quick because I would like you to see uh, exactly where you can get more info, but I wanna cover some of that info with you right now. So if you do want to go deeper and have me help you step-by-step, there is a class called the Employee Rights Seminar and you can go to get help on the website, and then you scroll down to employee rights. And this is something that you can register and invest in, register for. I filmed it around Christmas, but it is up to date because all of the information I just double checked. This is a two hour and 15 minute deep dive into all of your rights as an employee. I have information for you here, how you can request your religious exemption, a medical exemption, all of the information and what harassment is, what discrimination is, what retaliation is. Some of you are getting retaliated against after you have asked for your legal and lawful exemption, and then you get retaliated against. There is also a remedy for that. So what I want to share with you, so this is something if you do want to go deeper, but I want to share the highlights with you right now. So I'm going to go to the EEOC, and that is 
Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. This is a federal agency. You have a state agency that also handles this. And I'm going to show you what the California state agency looks like. And you can also get that from your own state. So this is all about um, this and all about this and all about the actual laws. Now, this is a very, very, very long document, but you can go to eeoc.gov and this is it, what you should know. I scrolled through because to me, the most important information for us here is under K, all right? And you can see what that word looks like. And this is where you are going to get your questions answered because people are asking me, Peggy, can my employer require me to do this? And the answer is not if, it, not if you have an exemption. You can have a medical exemption and you can have a religious exemption. Listen, it has nothing to do with the status of this um, medical treatment. I'll just use that phrase. It doesn't matter, matter whether it is A-P-P-R-O-V-E-D or whether it is just a E-M-E-R-G-E-N-C-Y. How about that? I wonder if I can outsmart the sensors that way. It does not matter the status of this biological drug. What matters is whether you can be forced to do it and you can't. And you also cannot be fired because of it. Here's the law. Let's take a look at it, shall we? Here it is. It says, I want to scroll down. And it's, first of all, um, okay, you can read all of this, but I want to go to the most important information, which is where can the employer require you to do so? All right. I know it's right around here. You can see how long this document is. I don't want to read it all right now. Okay, here we go. If an employer requires this, how should it, how should the employer respond to an employee who indicates that he or she is unable to receive that because of a sincerely held religious practice or belief. That is what I recommend you do. If this is against your sincerely held religious practice or belief, you have the right to claim that and I can help you with that. You don't need my help, you can do it on your own, but if you want my help, I have that available as well. So here we go. Once an employer is on notice that an employee's sincerely held religious belief, practice or observance prevents the employee from receiving this, look at, the employer must, 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 must provide reasonable accommodation, period. Are you with me? They cannot force you to do a medical intervention against your will. Can they require that you get morphine? Can they require that you snort cocaine? Can they require that you become sterilized and, and uh, give a kidney? They can't require any of this. Don't fall for it, you guys. Don't fall for it. I know the headlines are going to tell you otherwise. This isn't the headline. This is the real deal. Look at this. The employer must provide a reasonable accommodation unless it would propose an undue hardship. They can't just say it's an undue hardship. The courts have defined undue hardship as having more than a de minimis cost or burden. De minimis means minimal. They can't just say, no, you might make other people sick. No, they can't say that. There's no proof of that. They have to prove it. They can't just say it. They can't do it as a generalization. EEOC guidance, yeah, guidance, there's our guidance again, explains that because the definition of, is, of religion is broad and it protects beliefs, practices, and observances with which the employer may be unfamiliar, your employer may not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your employer may not know that you object to any type of 
pharmakia, which is forbidden in the Bible, all right? Maybe your religious beliefs are different than mine. That's okay. If your beliefs are, you don't need to attend any church or have any uh, structured religion either. It's your own belief that prevents you from doing this. It's in the law. So the employer should ordinarily assume that an employee's request for religious accommodation is based on a sincerely held religious beliefs. Now, if an employee requests a religious accommodation and an employer has an objective basis for questioning the religious nature or the sincerity of the particular belief, practice, or observance, the employer would be justified in requesting additional supporting information. That's where I can come in handy for you. So let's just um, stop the share for a moment. Here's the bottom line. The EEOC states that your employer must accommodate your sincerely held religious belief that states you do not participate in these medical treatments, all right? You have the right to object. Your employer may not fire you because of this. If it is your own sincerely held religious belief, here's what you need to do. Number one, you request from your HR department. You go to them and you say, I want to submit my exemption. I would like to fill out the paperwork for my religious exemption. Well, Peggy, can I do a medical exemption. Yes, you can, but that's going to require you going to a doctor and having all of that information. And the doctors are very, very hesitant to give any medical exemptions because of the way that they've been targeted and treated in the past. So I personally do not recommend that unless you know that's a slam dunk. I recommend a religious exemption. You do not need to prove that you've attended any church for any period of time or that you are a part of any structured religion. It can be your own sincerely held religious belief. This is what the law states. Now, you can't just show up at work one day and say, no, that's, that's, it's against my religion. You still have to go through the proper channels. You still need to request this in writing from your HR department. And if you work with just you and a couple of other people, or it's just a small business owner in a shop somewhere, they probably do not know the law and they are required in the state of California. If they have five or more employees, they must abide by these laws. It may be different in your state. For the federal government, it's 15 employees or more, and they must abide by these laws. Nonetheless, they still cannot discriminate against you. So you ask or you request for your religious exemption through your HR department. They probably will deny it. How do I know that? Because I've gotten many, 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 many of you telling me that they wanted to hem and haw and tell you that it couldn't be done. And then they wanted you to do other kinds of things, which is, you know, kind of ridiculous in my mind. You have the right to your religious views and they may not be trampled on. Just like your employer cannot require that a Sikh remove his turban as a condition of employment or that a Muslim remove her veil as a condition of employment, they cannot require you to do anything that is against your religion. Now, in California, there is a law, 12926Q, which states that your religious beliefs also include what you wear and what you put on your face. Yes, that's the phrase in California law, face covering, face covering, face covering. That's what California law says in 12926Q. 
My religion says that I don't do a face covering and I am protected, although everybody is violating that law, left, right, and center, including the public servants, including my own city. And I am suing all of them for that religious persecution. And I hope you will join me. I'll do another video on that uh, coming up shortly. Well, that's about half that video. It's longer than I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was only seven minutes, but it's 19. Um, you can get to that uh, video from... Uh, uh, the thehealthyamerican.org, and then click on the vaccine tab, and this is the first one at the top. Uh, I also put it on the, um, the direct link is in the chat room as well as the Telegram channel. Um, but it's good information, and that's something that I think someone needs to take the airlines to task about because uh, there are verses in the Bible. I don't know if I have any handy here. Um but specifically deals with, um, uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. I'm looking at some of the ones I have notes on. Uh, hmm. No, I don't. Um, but there are several verses in the Bible that specifically deal with you know, going before the Lord with your face uncovered and not veiled and things like that. Sure. And, um, sure. you know, that should be something that is recognized and made account for on the airlines. You know, they're not different. They're so they're subject to federal laws just like everyone else. And I think it would be interesting to uh, bring that up and say, no, I'm not. It's a violation of my uh, religious beliefs, and I am not wearing a mask. And um, of course, if you get a judge like this idiot down in uh, Texas. Uh, that ruled against the uh, people at the uh, Houston Methodist, uh, he'll say, well, yeah. you'll just, you know, you'll just have to find another way to get there. You can't fly. Well, I'm going to Hawaii, and I ain't swimming, <laughs> and I'm not taking a rowboat, <laughs> and I only got two weeks, so I can't take a cruise ship, you know. Yeah. Um, there are certain things that, you know, they have to make accommodations for, and, you know, what they need to do is planes, you know, planes used to have smoking and non-smoking sections. Now they need to have mask and non-mask sections and vaxxed and non-vaxxed sections. And uh, it would pretty much be the same thing because the people not wearing a mask are the ones not wanting to be vaxxed either, <laughs> for the most part. And um, they can put up their trusty little uh, plexiglass screens between the two you know, sections or whatnot um, and screw them, you know. Put the, put the face diapers in the back so that... Um, you know, they don't have to worry about us walking by them when they go to the, you know, we go to the bathroom or whatnot. Who knows? But uh, that's something that needs to be looked into. They need to have a knot jerked in their butts uh, on all this stuff. And that's the thing. The So far, it's primarily the idiots, you know, the self-righteous, you know, virtue-signaling social justice warriors who wear their face diapers and get their injections they're the ones that make the big stink. The people that don't want to do this stuff just want to be left alone. You know, that's mm -hmm. their nature. Leave me alone. Just let me live my life. You know, you got your face diaper. You got your vaccine, everything. You should be protected. So anything I do shouldn't make any difference to you. Mm -hmm. But they're too stupid to realize that. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, you know, the, those folks that don't want to do this stuff need to get more vocal. Mm -hmm. And uh, until that happens... They're going to keep walking all over us. And at the same time, those same people need to get with Roger's information and file their affidavits 
and yeah. get out of the federal plantation. Don't be the slave. Don't be the peon. Be the American national that you are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, that's my rant. <laughs> uh, rant, my goodness. rant. But, you know, they have, she's got some really good information. And uh, mm-hmm. I highly encourage people that, you know, I was going to do a lot more research into this, but I figure why bother? It would be reinventing the wheel. I mean, Peggy Hall has literally uh, done the job that needs to be done. The big thing here is most of her stuff is geared or weighted towards, towards California. California. And, uh, you know, it just takes a little bit more to find the uh, sections in your state, in my case, Ohio, that basically deal, which I have. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I don't worry about the stuff. I just, I go where I go and I do what I do. And somebody said, no, I don't, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not one of those. I don't have to do this stuff. And I just go about my business. And um, somebody that tries to block me from entering their store, I said, fine, you'll never see a dollar of my money ever again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they could probably care less. Mm -hmm. Neither could I. So I guess we agree on something. (laughs) But, um Check out Peggy, Peggy Hall's site, thehealthyamerican.org. She's got tons of stuff, not just the EEOC, not just the vaccine stuff, but they've got a, a complete section on religious exemptions, uh, learning freedom, or freedom learning, <laughs> employee rights, medical rights, um, panic-free prepping, uh, all kinds of documents, videos, and that kind of stuff. Um, she has classes that are that really go into the thing. Like she mentioned, this one video class that was two hours and fifteen minutes or something. That's one you pay for. Probably well worth it if you're in that position. As far as religious exemptions, I highly recommend Alan Phillips and his book. Um, uh, I can't remember the complete name of it, but you can go to uh, vaccinerights.com, and um, the book is twenty four ninety five. It's worth every penny. Uh, because with a with a religious exemption, you only get one shot. Because these are deeply held religious beliefs or convictions. You can't say, these are my convictions, and you get it wrong. So, wait a minute, I have to change it. These are different. These are my new convictions. <laughs> it don't work that way. So, you've got to do it right the first time. And I yep. used his book when I wrote my wife's uh, uh, religious exemption, and it has stood for the better part of 10 years. And somebody asked my wife the other day about it, and she mentioned the flu shot. And I said, no, 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 no. You go back and reread that thing. It's not just the flu shot. That's what they were mandating at the time. But I wrote it so that it covers any injections, any foreign substance put into her body. So the COVID stuff is automatically covered. And if they get to the point where they try to push it, I'll say, you know, better take a look. What's on file still applies. It applies just as much to this as it does to the flu shot. Go pound sand. And they knew better than to to push the issue with the flu shot. I think they'll figure the same thing here. Yeah. But um, you know, you got to do it. You got to do it right the first time. There's no second chances. So, you know, get Alan's book and do it right the first time. And it's well worth twenty five bucks. Um, I paid the money, even though he would have sent me the copy free, but I paid for it anyway, cause I believe in what he's doing, especially now with the situation he's been, you know, had his bar license pulled because of the attacks that, uh, the, you know, he unfortunately lives in vaccine central 
which is North Carolina. That's where all the big vaccine companies, you know, seem to have at least major offices, if not their homes. And um, they basically got a bunch of people to file false complaints, you know, saying that he did bad things and misrepresented them when they were never his clients in the first place. Uh, they basically, you know, drumped, drumped up a bunch of bogus stuff against them. And the Bar Association uh, violated their own laws and their own regulations and basically just screwed him. And now he can't practice law, but he can still um, do, uh, what do you call it, uh, consulting for other attorneys and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, one of these days I'll have to get back on here. What, what would your wife do if push comes to shove at the hospital and, and they ignore the, the exemption and say, no, you will take the deal? Will she still fight or will she just give her notice? Uh, basically, at that point, I'll tell her, I said, you better quit. Yeah. You know, because, you know, if they're going to fire you, you know, let them fire you. I think it would be better rather than to quit, just make them fire you. And mm-hmm. then you've got more grounds uh, because you didn't step down willingly. They forced you out. Uh, which is, again, a violation of EEOC, especially yeah. when we can go there and say, look, we've already had a religious exemption on file for the last X number of years, which has been accepted by the hospital. It was written so that it deals with all injections, not just the flu shot. And it covers you know COVID just like everything else. And they accepted it. And all of a sudden they don't. And, you know, basically, if, if they start hinting that they're not going to accept it, that's when we'll, you know, smack them with the EEOC. Um, I got no problem doing that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and generally speaking, the EEOC doesn't lose much. You know, uh, they're, they're a pretty powerful bunch. And unfortunately, there was a little wavering there for a while. Um, there were some things that the EEOC was putting out about face masks and this other junk that um, was kind of making them look like they were buckling and supporting employers rather than employees. And I think some people must have kind of held their feet to the fire and said, what the heck are you people doing? And because now um, I was, while Peggy was reading those sections of the law, it looks like they've changed a few of them because they were slightly worded. Uh, differently this time when I you know I was watching what she was scrolling through in the video and I actually had the website showing the same thing and they had changed a couple of parts but it still basically says the same thing as far as uh, sin- sincerely held religious beliefs and um, you know the, the question is the the accommodations and the big thing that you have to deal with is the retaliation because the common thing in a, in a the medical environment and community, if, if you don't take the flu shot, then you got to wear a face diaper all the time. Mm. And, you know, they proved way back when with the flu shots that those things don't work. No. And it's nothing more than a way to embarrass and, you know, browbeat the person who is standing up for their rights. And um, that would, you know, be shot down pretty quickly, I think, too. But they may say, well, you can only work in this part of the hospital, or you can only do this, or you can only do that. And so, you know, prove, you know, that's what I would say. I want to see scientific proof that supports everything you're saying that I can or cannot do. 
because it doesn't exist. <laughs> nope. You know, that's the thing. You know, unless you can prove scientifically that, you know, I'm a, a risk, that I'm spreading this or that, or, you know, by, by not wearing a face diaper that, you know, because the sci- the study is on the side of the person not wearing a face diaper, even to the yeah. point in surgery. And I've covered this before where they've done studies with the same surgical teams. Uh, they did a whole bunch of surgeries. Half of them, the, the surgery team was wearing face diapers. The other half, they were not. And everything else was the same. And the post-operative in- infections were higher in the ones where people were wearing face masks than in the, in the surgeries where they weren't. You know, mm. there is no reason for anybody to ever wear those things unless you're coughing and sneezing so much that you're constantly spewing, you know, spitting junk everywhere. Mm. Uh, and that's just, you know, just to be nice and not get slobber all over other people. Sure. <laughs> but whether or not it's actually going to keep, you know, there's no guarantee, there's no proof that even if you did spit and slobber and sneeze all over other people, they're not going to get sick from it. You know, unless that stuff is full of toxins. But if it's full of your bacteria and, you know, other things, that's not going to cause anybody to get sick. You know, that's all, you know, disproven viral theory and bacteria theory theory that's already been shot down. Um, It's toxins that cause people to get sick. And, uh, you know, so the whole thing is, it's, it's just crazy. But... You know the the ones who have really wrapped themselves around the axle of the lie are the are the medical people and hospitals are the absolute way, worst places because they're so stupid. You know they 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 take a theory, just like the public fool system has turned the the theory of evolution into fact. You know mm. the medical system has turned the germ theory into fact, and it's not. They can't prove it. They never have, and they never will. But that's how they operate. And unfortunately, they're the experts. So the idiots in the courtroom automatically believe the so-called experts who don't know what they're talking about, which is a dangerous position to be in. So <laughs> that's why taking this stuff to court is not a good idea if you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's mm-hmm. where things are. And stupid is as stupid does. Yes, sir. Yep. So... Force Gump. I'm just looking, <laughs> seeing what else. Oh, let me see what else. I saw an email from where was it? Um, there it is. USDA attacks Amish farmers selling real food to protect corporate industrial farming. This is July 13th, yesterday. Vast majority of the American population is completely ignorant about the United States militarized industrial corporate food system that feeds most of the population and is used to topple governments worldwide. Less than 1% of our population is involved in agriculture today, feeding the other 99 plus percent of our population, and very few people even know this, even in the alternative media. Most Americans have absolutely no clue where their food comes from. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, I can't believe these people that go out hunting. Why don't they just go to the store and buy their food where no animals had to die? <laughs> yeah, uh, stupid people. Anyway, most Americans have no clue where their food comes from and are totally in, uh, dependent on the common commodity-based food system that fills the shelves of America's grocery chains. As a result, Americans spend the lowest percentage of their income on food than any other nation in the world. 
But the entire nation got a real dose of reality when the COVID pandemic hit last year and the meat operations that were dependent on processing plants that require USDA certification to sell their food became a bottleneck that choked the nation's food supplies. Many of the small-scale operations that do not sell to the retail chains but only to members of their private food clubs kept right on producing their food, especially if they did on-farm processing. The USDA would want, uh, want you to believe that such food is unsafe, but that heart is hardly the case at all. And these small-scale private operations are actually producing food the way it has been produced for thousands of years. Amish farmer Amos Miller, who operates food, uh, food clubs in the Northeast, has been a frequent target of the militarized industrial food system, and they are after him again, as David Gumpert reports. If Americans don't rise up soon and understand that it is, is small-scale producers like Amos and others that have uh, the solutions to delivering us from the tyranny and slavery of the globalists controlling the food system and take a stand to protect these producers, then when the shelves go bare in your local grocery stores, you will be at a total mercy of the U.S. government. And more than likely, they will not share any of their cheap, contaminated, mass-produced food they have stored up for such an occasion, just such an occasion, without you meeting certain requirements, which undoubtedly will include showing them your COVID-19 vaccine passport, or scanning your implanted microchip or nanobot. <laughs> yeah, click the read more button. Let me see if I can. Oh, here we go. And see if I can scroll down and find out where I left off. Um, I hate that. Come on. Hmm. Oh, there it is. Okay. USDA and FSN in tandem will show that uppity Amish farmer who's boss. <laughs> Excerpts. Federal agricultural officials and their supporters are practically drooling over the possibility that Amish farmer Amos Miller could, hit, could be hit with a devastating fine and expenses exceeding $260,000. Uh, the headline in, the, in Food Safety News captures the air of climatic anticipation gripping the U.S. Department of Agriculture over Amos Miller case. And this is a case where I don't know where he's located, but this is where he needs to get a hold of his local sheriff and mm -hmm. get that sucker to stand up to these dudes and tell them to stay the heck out of his county. Now, again, Jim, if, if he did his affidavit, he'd be in good shape, correct? He'd have much better leg to stand on, that's for sure. Yeah. No question. Yeah. But even, you know, and again, that's the thing. With these power-hungry schmucks, um, they may or may not, you know, honor that documentation. They'd be a fool not to because if they end up in court, the court's going to throw the case out. But it would be better to have the sheriff sit there and say, I'm standing between him and you, and you ain't getting here. Stay out of my county or I will lock you up. And in other cases... There is a sheriff in Indiana that did just that. There was uh, the FDA was attacking a bunch of Amish farmers for selling milk, raw milk. And um, finally, they went to the sheriff and the sheriff got wind of what was going on. And he put word out to the uh, 
the inspectors don't come in this county again unless you want to be bailing your people out of jail. And that was the last they had any trouble with them. You know, the sheriff is the most powerful dude, man. You get him on your side and feds can't can't touch you. That's what this guy needs to do. Anyway, um, in the headline, food safety, if a farmer doesn't quickly pay 250000 contempt fine, jail could become an option. Ooh. And how about a lynching party? <laughs> Editor Dan Flynn and publisher Bill Mar- Mar- Bill Marler. Um, if jail doesn't show that uppity Amish boy Amos Miller, who's boss, I mean, wouldn't a lynching finally do the trick in getting uh, Amos Miller's highly coveted meats and other natural foods off the market at long last and sending a message to other Amish farmers who have also have the gall to sponsor food clubs Offering on uh, on farm slaughter. Uh, my f- One minute. Yep, I can't get there. We go. Got it shut off. Um, so anyway, but this is an interesting story. Maybe uh, I probably will forget by tomorrow. <laughs> but it it'll, it'll be in the replay link on Castbox. But that's the thing. Um, and usually the Amish have pretty good. Um, uh, you know, they have pretty good arrangements and working uh, uh, stuff along with their local sheriffs. And I would hope that that'd be the case here. And this guy needs to uh, talk to his sheriff and make sure that uh, he's protecting them like he should. Anyway, that's it for today. Robert, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. And hopefully you'll be free to be here tomorrow with Mike. Um, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will see you all tomorrow. Take care and God bless. Bye.